Tournament Poker Edge, live. Hey everybody, welcome to Tournament Poker Edge Live, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com. Killing Bird here with you as always, and happy to bring in Ron Fez buddy. Diego, how are you, man? Hey, I'm good. What's going on, buddy? Not too much, just uh, coming off of uh, WSOP withdrawals. Oh, you know, I know, I know how that is. Yeah, I, I tweeted about it last night a couple of times, um, asking if the 2013 schedule has come out yet. <laughs> And uh, and I noticed that the fruit I left in my fridge is still good, which is really, really depressing <laughs> when you go away for the main event and the fr- your fruit is still is not spoiled yet. Uh. Yeah, it's supposed to be a whole new like shopping supply. Yeah, well, I, I should be coming home and buying a new, just throwing everything out and buying a new, buying new furniture, right? <laughs> it's a weird sensation leaving, like, and I, me having been there a really long time, like yeah. part of you just can't wait to get home. Yeah, right. And then as you're leaving, you're kind of like, well, this sucks. I don't want to go back to reality. Right. <laughs> you know, I had a completely different experience because I flew in twice for short stints, and I'm not doing that again next year. I um, it it was too. Each trip was too short, and like from a poker perspective, I felt like it takes a little while to get acclimated and play really well. Um, and then you know I'm flying in, playing one or two days, sleeping, hanging out with you guys for a little bit, and then getting on a plane and coming home. And right. I, I, I definitely, I don't know. Did I do the same thing last year? I, last year I actually made one trip and it was a little longer. I think, I think next year I'm gonna, you know, I'm not sure what events I'll play, but I think I'm gonna make it, you know, hope maybe two, two long trips or maybe I'll come out for the whole thing. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But I'm definitely gonna try to extend each stay because it's just way too short. Yeah, it did seem like last year you were like there was a little more hang time. Yeah. Uh, was this time it seemed like it was pretty much poker all the time yeah, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, which is, you know, obviously what you go out there for, but you also want to get a little bit of a WSOP experience. Right. Yeah. And I got it. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I played a couple of tournaments, you know, I, which I got, I got, I got definitely, I felt good, got a good amount of poker in, but like I got, I didn't get to any day twos in the four or five tournaments I played. Right. So, yeah. you know, you just, you know, Playing three, actually, I played three WSOPs and uh, and two and one Venetia. I played four tournaments, so it's just not enough. It, when you when you break it out like that, it's just it, I don't know. It just it seems way too fragmented, and it just it ends too fast if you don't make a day two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We talked about it a little bit before we actually started up the podcast, and you were kind of saying that it, that you don't feel like you ever really got your groove yeah. before the main event kicked in. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not dissatisfied with how I played, but I just definitely felt. You know, <laughs> by the time I busted, I felt like I was getting my sea legs, <laughs> get comfortable right. with getting comfortable with the groove of, of poker and live poker because you know it's definitely different. I I had been grinding on on online. Um, I've been playing a decent amount. I've been watching a lot of videos. I was really prepping, um, and I felt good about poker in my game. But you know, when you start to like actually get involved in hands, like I don't know, there just seems to be a, a, a game flow that you get into, and and I start to really feel it towards the end. But you know circumstances put me in a situation where I didn't have a lot of gameplay, you know, wide open spots where I can play um, deep stacked at all because I was kind of getting short stacked. Right. By the time I felt that. 
Yeah, makes sense. Well, with that, let's uh, let's jump in a little bit to your main event experience. Uh, you played Day 1C, correct? I played Day 1C, which was the third day and the, the you know the last day, which was most heavily attended. I was actually surprised it didn't sell out. I think everyone expected it to sell out after how um, how big Days 1 and 2 were beyond expectations. Right. A and B, that, that is. A was, I think they both went 30% or so over expectation. Um, and, and, you know, day one, day one C is the day where everyone flies in. And, you know, they got 3,600, but I think they were expecting to get to 4,000. But overall number was pretty much exactly the same as last year. So attendance was good. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I played yeah. day one C. Um, and, you know, everybody always talks about the uh... – the amazing fields at the World Series, meaning the softness of the fields. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of get that impression the minute you sat down at your table? Or how was your table in general? My table was very soft. Um, there were, I mean, I, I, I interpreted, you know, because you can't see your table drawer on day one, right? It's not, it's not posted anywhere. That starts on day two plus. But on day one, like just sitting down and like observing the people, I felt really good about my table draw. Um, there were... In my estimation, two tough spots at the table, um, mm-hmm. and I was right about one of them. Uh, the other one was a not a tough spot, but he was he was adequate. So I wouldn't call I wouldn't call him soft. I would just say you know n- nothing you know a- a- adequate player. And then there was a one um, one tough spot that he didn't show up on time. He was like five minutes late, and he turned out to be a good a pretty good player. But the toughest spot was. Two to my left, which kind of sucks because he had really great position on me. And he was a Russian that Poker News was taking pictures of and asking for updates, but he wasn't patched up and I did not recognize him. And I, I tried to find, like I looked, I like I even typed in Russian poker player, right? Right. <laughs> in Google, like the next day, right? And trying to just figure out who this guy was. And, and, and I don't know. Uh, I'll, it'll probably, I'll probably feel silly if he like gets deep and like I realize it's someone really big, you know. But uh, right. but uh, he he uh, you know he, he I you know the the poker news people coming up to him you know to me it was an early giveaway that he was good and and he was very good he was very very good he he owned me and I'll explain that hand in, in just a second but he he was very good so but otherwise the rest of the table super soft. You know, what you would expect, a lot of the sunglass-wearing recreational guys who probably have too much money, um, you know, very, you know, saying things like, you know, I wasn't going to play there without a big hand and, like, you know, rate 3X, <laughs> you know, like, just, you know, the, 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 what, what you would hope for. No, yeah. no didn't, didn't seem like any major wizards, no recognized names, so I was happy with the draw on my table. Cool, cool. Um, I don't know... Uh... The hand that, that you wanted to talk about with the Russian, but I did want to ask you about the uh, the Jack Nine versus King Jack hand when it was yeah the flop with Ace Jack Jack. I don't know if you remember the details of that hand, but I remember reading that tweet and going, "Oh, I have to hear this because I can't figure out right how you lose five k." I guess the blinds are so small then. Yeah, the, well, the blinds are small. Um, it was, and I didn't lose five k. I was down to twenty eight k at the time, so I lost three k on that. Oh, okay. Um, Even more amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So I mean, it was the first level, so it was fifty one hundred, um, yeah. and. It was folded around to me, and I was in the small blind, and I decided to limp, Jack Nine suited, from the small blind, complete. Now I went, you know, I guess it was a limp, but not, you know, I think that's the first time I've ever actually limped live. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I feel like out of position, my hand plays so well. I can, and then if he just limps behind, I could just raise any, you know, bet any flop and probably take it down as effectively as if I opened. And right. my hand flops really well, obviously, right? So I, I don't know. I felt like that was okay there. Keep the pot small. Um, 
in, in this particular case out of position, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, you know, I checked with a bunch of people and no one had a problem with that. So I felt okay with that. Uh, yeah. but the, the big blind who was a, an, an older gentleman, not old, but an older, older guy, um, wearing a fedora and that he kept talking about how breathable it was. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> and like a Greg Norman golf shirt and, um, Southern accent, just, you know, your standard sort of like, Hey, I'm, I'm taking a shot here, you know, I love poker, you know, but not, not well-trained. Right. So, right. um, but he makes it 300. And so I'm like, whatever, I got Jack nine suited. So, you know, I limped so that I was in a spot where I could call something like that and still see a flop. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I see the flop and the flop is ace, Jack, Jack. I don't think it was suited at all. Double suited at all, but it was ace, Jack, Jack. And so obviously with Jack nine, that's a great flop for me. Um, and, you know, he was the pre-flop aggressor, so I just checked to him, uh, and he checked behind. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, that to me was like warning flags. Like, I was thinking, guy probably has an ace here, right? Like, that's, that's right. the first thing I'm thinking is, like, these guys play aces for sure like that. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to do, but, um, you know, I, I think he, he, it's a good chance he has an ace here. Um, and, the, and, and, and uh, I mean, jacks are also a possibility, right? But... You know, I have one of the jacks. There's two other jacks on board. I feel really good about my hand at this point, right? Yeah, I would think so. Um, and so then the turn is a blank. I don't remember what it was. And I I now lead because, um, you know, it's, I, I, I guess I don't want to lose. You know, I want to build a pot, right? So I, I'm not confident that he'll bet here. So I bet. And he raises me, which is okay. It's probably an ace here, honestly. <laughs> I'm still thinking right. it's an ace here. Um, but he didn't raise me much, so um, so I called. You know, he raised, but I, don't, I honestly, I don't remember the numbers here, so I don't have much in terms of what to say. But I know total, I lost 3K in the pot, so right. that's where that comes out to. And then the the river is another blank, and I lead out again, and then he, he raises me. I think I let out like 1K, and he made it like 2K. So, yeah. I mean, I just figured... Um, at this point, I actually do have kind of alarm bells going off because, uh, you know, yeah, aces are in his range. But I kind of think now at this point, an ace just checks behind when I called his turn raise. Right. You know, so I figured that, that yeah, a, a, a poorly, you know, if he play, he could play an A this way and, and, and raise me, try to raise, you know, instead of just checking back when I, I, I'm showing interest in the hand. Um, but I also think he's going to be raising a jack here too and it's almost as equally likely even though there are less jacks in the deck and so i just called instead of raising him back and uh and he had king jack so i felt like you know not happy there but i felt like i played that pretty optimally um you know and lost 3k so right so yeah because i might have i might have thought pretty seriously about repopping the turn yeah, like because if, if you think he's doing that with an ace, like maybe he has ace. King yeah, but then if, queen, he, if he pops you back, I mean, I guess he doesn't pop back with an ace that often. But if he does, God, you're in such a shitty situation. Yeah, because he's gonna, like, he's gonna raise you back with lots of jacks. Yes. Although I guess most of the ones that he raises with pre beat you, like queen jack and jack yeah. ten. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly it. So if I get popped, the jacks that raise me pre are crushing me, which obviously we yeah. saw here that 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 it did. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like I said I felt pretty fine about the line all the way down um i don't know if i could have done anything differently and you know i won't take too much credit for only losing 3k because at at 50 100 people play pretty tight anyway and it should you should be playing tight so i think that's pretty much you know not raising there i don't think i don't think i really 
ever really considered raising there just because you don't want to put too many chips at risk that early in the tournament. Uh, right. You know, unless you have the nuts, or what, uh, your hand isn't that vulnerable. And my hand was kind of vulnerable, so. Yeah. What do you have, did you think about just uh, check calling the river instead of leaving out? Um, no, because I still felt like I would get really good value from an ace here, and I, I, think, yeah. I think he was checking behind an ace. So I, I, I really felt that if I checked, he was checking an ace, and I think his range prior to his uh, his his river raise. I was still ranging him more towards aces than to jacks. So right. I was giving him like 75% ace, 25% jack, even with the, the turn raise. Uh, yeah. Although some, some people I've talked to have argued that he probably checks, uh, he probably just calls the turn with an ace too because he's afraid of me having a jack. But I, I don't know. I still think that he, like, he's probably, like, I think guys with aces there are probably kicking themselves thinking, okay, I got to get this pot. I got to get make some money on this pot. Even, you know, I can't just call two streets. You know what I mean? Like that. Right. So that, that's why I, I, I don't think I would have, um, I think your question was, should I have turned the, whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah. If you, if you consider just check. Calling oh, check call on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they answered that. Yeah. So I think I still, like when he caught, when he raises me on the turn, I still have him heavily weighted towards aces. So I think he checks an ace behind back there almost all the time since I've gone along with him and right. I get more value this way, even though I ended up losing, but you can make an argument that, you know, not getting value is better than losing chips in this tournament early. Sure. So, yeah, so, but I, I, I don't know. I'm at peace with it. I feel fine. Yeah. And like I said, when you're that deep, it's a pretty small mistake. Yeah. It's a, if, if it's a mistake, I'm not even saying it's a mistake, it's but a, if it is, it's a really small one at that. Right. It's a thousand. We know that too. It's not. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's. You don't want to. You want to consider this, but I'm. Yeah. If it's a mistake, it's a small mistake, but I, I'm I'm fine with it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then you know, continuing on, uh, you know, it was just one of those days where I just I I, I couldn't. I, I you know I got a lot of opening hands. So I was getting a pretty aggressive image, um, and I got a lot of like, deep, you know, fours in late positions, sixes in late positions, you know. Jack suited in late position. Um, then I, you know, I got queens once, and uh, the guy on the uh, in the cutoff opened, and I three bet him, and uh, I was in the button, and you know, so I started getting, I get, I started getting an image when I wasn't really playing that aggressively. I just happened to get opening hands, but I kept right. every flop, <laughs> every flop. Like I, I, w- I, I, I either whiff the flop or I hit the flop. But it was very drawy, so I would bet it, and they would come along for two streets and then river me. That was basically yeah. was happening nonstop. So I was not – like I got up to like 33 at one point after being down to 25, and then, you know, it just kept going back down, back down, back down. And, you know, just it, it just – it was like the most frustrating day of poker, you know, <laughs> if that yeah. But I think I did make one mistake, um, which I'll tell you that hand. So um, that involves the, the Russian that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like a poker confessional, right? We get on. <laughs> I made a mistake. Hey, everyone in the world, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, you, I'd rather just like you know go home with my tail between my legs and hosting <laughs> the main event. But no, here I am talking on a <laughs> yeah. But TPE people don't get off that easy. Yeah, exactly. we have to spill our guts. No, it's fine. It, you know, look, it's fine. Like I, you know, I've said a million times. I I know I'm not a perfect poker player, and and I I think I tweeted about this. Um, uh, you know, you know, disappointed going home from the main, but spending, you know, 
a few days talking poker with Danny and Mark and um, my friend Andrew, who's uh, Andrew Brokus Thinking Poker, um, who's a friend of mine, and we had dinner talking about hands. Uh, you know, just makes me want to get better and better. So I, I, it's okay. <laughs> I'm okay talking about it. Um, but the hand in question was, uh, I think, I, I can't remember the blind. I think we're at 100, 200 at this point. I, don't, I know it wasn't Anties. So it was either 100, 200 or 150, 300. Um, okay. And I'll tr- probably remember by the time I put together, you know, the final river action, because that'll, that'll help us put the numbers together. Um, but uh, I, okay, so as I mentioned, getting a ton of playable opening hands, right? And now by this, you know, late in the second level, um, I, I've opened a ton. Um, and, you know, this guy, this Russian is on my left. And as I said, he's, he's a professional. He's very competent. Um, he's been three betting me at this point. Like mm-hmm. the last orbit, I opened both, both of his small blind and big blind. Once again, not trying to take, you know, not trying to play aggressively. I just had opening hands. So now this orbit um, in my, in my button, his big blind, I open ace eight and he three bets me. So I fold, you know, I'm not, I could, you can make a call there, but I really don't want to play a weak ace against someone who's really good, even even in position. Uh, right. So I just fold. And the next hand comes, and I have ace-queen suited, and it's in his small blind. So I open again, this time from the cutoff. And uh, and he three-bets me again, right? So this is – he's be- three-bet me four times in the last two orbits, both in his blinds, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I am not <laughs> opening light. I'm not trying to take his stupid 200-chip blind. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't want to play pots with this guy, you know, but it's just this is what happens. Right. So now I have ace queen suited. So actually, my hand's pretty strong here. Um, I don't want to I don't want to four bet, you know, at one, two, no ante and face, you know, a five bet. And, you know, I just don't I, I just call, which I think is the right play there. And I think a lot of people agree from the yeah. talk to um, and going to play ace queen suited in position. And the flop is king, queen, X. I don't remember the third card, uh, but two spades are out there. Um, and a heart, and I have ace queen of hearts, and uh, and he bets right, and so I just I just call. I'm not going to raise there. I have middle pair with a, you know, backdoor flush draw, uh, pretty strong hand. He did three bet me, but you know I'm feeling okay about my hand there, and uh, and the rib, and and then the turn is another heart, and he bets pretty big. Um, he bet like two thirds into me, um, and so I'm like. You know, ranging him, I mean, you know, he's got, and to me, given the dynamic, he's got, and we can even talk about preflop, forget about the action. He's got strong hands, and he's got, I think, I think he's got a super wide range. Yeah, I would agree. You know, there, because if he's three bet me four times already, um, you know, this is the four time in blinds, I think he could be, you know, and I don't think he's doing it easy, you know, like 100% of the time, but I think he's doing it a lot. So preflop... I think he's got a pretty wide range. Um, Post flop, you know, he's going to see bet all the time, right? So yeah. can't really range him on the on the on the flop. But when he bets, you know, when I call him and he bets it to me in the turn, now I'm putting him on, you know, ace king, king queen, queen something, king something, uh, or bluffs. You know, I think still think right. I still think there's a lot of lot of suited connectors in his range now with two flush draws on on the board. You know, eight, nine, nine, ten, ten jack with the straight draw, right? Yeah. All suited. I think those are. I think those are huge in his range. I. I so, all right. At this point, I feel like I'm fifty-fifty in the sense. So I just call again with my, you know, my my my, my second pair, 
Mm-hmm. And now a flush draw, right? Yeah, and a flush draw, right? Um, could make an argument for a raise there, which I, you know, in post-hand analysis with people, um, I kind of like now because it, I, 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 let's say he bet, what is, what, let, let's make it, let's say it's 1-2, right? So he makes it, I made it 400 pre, he made it, I think, 1,000 or 1,100. So there's 22, 20, it's like 25, 23 in the pot on the flop. I think he bet a thousand or twelve hundred on the on the on the flop. Um, so another twenty four. So it's like four thousand. I think he bet like three thousand. Yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he bet he bet three thousand into like a forty five hundred. He bet he bet like twenty seven into like a four thousand chip pot, something like that. Okay. Right. Or or three thousand, something like that. So because I know we get to ten k on the turn on the on the river, ten k in the yeah. Um. So I could raise there another like three k. And save myself from having to call a river bet if I miss. Mm-hmm. Suggest that as an option, which I think is viable. But I, I just called because I want to see what happened again. You know. Uh, yeah, you, I think the only bad part is you get blown off a hand with a lot of equity sometimes. Like, what do you do if he comes back over the top when you raise right, it right, on I the turn? My, I can still hit my flush, right? And my flush, yeah, flush is the nut flush. Right. Um, fair enough. But how often is that really happening? Like, yeah, it's true. And if it does happen, honestly, like, you know, shutting down is probably not the end of the world, you know, and not chasing a draw, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah. So anyway, I just call and then the river comes another blank. So all the draws missed, every draw missed. So there was the straight draw missed, the flush draw, both flush draws missed. I don't remember if it was like a, you know, an eight or a four or three or whatever it was, but, um, you know, it, it completely missed, and um, and he then thinks for a while and bets seven k into ten k. Hmm. So what do you do here? Yeah. See now, now I think his hand is really weighted towards big hands and complete air. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's exactly what I'm thinking. And I think there's even, I think there's even some really big hands that he might even just check like I don't know like well maybe not. I was gonna say, I was gonna say he might even check back like aces or something but I don't maybe he wouldn't right um but it yeah I I mean I without I mean you've kind of explained the dynamic a little bit and stuff like that and the fact that he has been three betting he's kind of got to if he's completely missed he pretty much has to bet that river right exactly that's which yeah would kind of leads me toward Calling. How much does that leave us if we call? Fifteen uh, k. Which is still plenty of chips. Yeah, psychologically though, and I will touch. Yeah, losing this hand, right? And psychologically, it definitely affected me for a little while. I just couldn't wait to get on break and just get out of there. Right. Um, but yeah, okay. Psychologically, um, the the amount losing seven k chips at this stage of the tournament is pretty big. Right. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I win a 24K pot, if I'm right. Yep. And I'm at, you know, uh, whatever, 40-something. Yeah, and I think I think you're right at least half the time. Right. So that's the thing. I think I'm right often, but is it enough for to mitigate the, the, the problems? Now, here's, um, here's where I think, I, you know, like I said, I talked to a lot of people about this hand, and here's where I think the mistake is. Um, it looks like I have ace-queen here. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, that's, that's true. The problem. So if he was not a good player, I like it, it's different. If he's a bad player, 
I think his range is definitely polarized more. But because he's a good player, he can hand read. And like the person, I was telling this to, to Andrew, and I mean, he was thinking like he's like your hand just you're repping ace queen there all the, like it almost always seems like you have ace queen there. So right. because of that, he can value bet more of his range and his his bet sizing can be bigger. Because if he has ace king here, uh, he, you know, he, you know, ace king may not want to, you know, may not want to, you know, risk as much, you know, given what I'm doing. If he doesn't realize that I have ace queen, right? Ace king can get super thin value and get more right. value. And it looks like I have ace queen here to a good player, and that, you know, and basically that's what happened, right? So I, I did yeah. call. Bec- so the the problem is that, you know, in my head. You know, taking everything into consideration, I let the part of my head that's saying he has suited connectors here a ton um, win. When, right. you know, considering it all, that ace queen is, I'm repping my hand too much, then, you know, then he could take that information and make better decisions is, you know, is the reality there. And so, right. you know, okay. So, I, you know, I called the at Ace King and I lost 7K and I'm down to 15K. And it's not the end of the world um, if I was able to, like, you're right, though. It's not the end of the world. I still have, you know, 50 big blinds coming, coming to the next level. Um, but you need to then eventually pick up a hand and have something happen. And I just couldn't the rest of the day. Yeah. Just, yeah, it seemed like from your Twitter feed after that, it was just sort of a slow. Yep. Downwards yep. spiral, which we've all been there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's very common that you get, you know, you find yourself at 34 big, or, you know, 30 or 40 bigs, and then you just cannot put a hand together to save your life. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to then, once you get down to that, you don't want to, I mean, you could still open, right? I, and I was open in late position, um, you know, my pretty normal range of hands, not too many bluffs or anything like that, you know, my pretty normal range of hands. But when, you know, you open and then you, you whiff, you know, it, you, either you see better, you don't, but you still lose chips, right? And so 15K becomes 14K, which becomes 13K, right? Then blinds, yeah. now you're about 11 or 12K, right? And then blinds are up now to 150, 300. Now you got 30 something K, right? right? You have to tighten up. You know, yeah, <laughs> and you have to yeah, you and, and and you don't play much, and and I I felt really great about my short stack play. I really did. I felt like, um, I think in my first WSOP, I overplayed Ace King against a real. I won't go into that hand too much, and you know, maybe you say it's hard to overplay Ace King, but I definitely think I, you know, and in not my second, I don't think I did, but I I in the past, I probably overplayed. Like I shoved too quickly. Like I didn't value my tournament life as much as I I do now, and I think I really played my short stack optimally and I stuck around for two levels with really mm-hmm. short stack and I got it in um, twice and I doubled up, but then I got, you know, kind of, Oh, I got it. In, I got it in once and I, and I doubled up to 14 K. This is at, you know, now we're at two, uh, four with a, with a, with anti mm-hmm. and I opened tens from middle position and the other competent player calls me from the small blind and the flop is like three, four, three, and I see bet and he calls and then the turn is like an eight and he checks and I just check behind and then the river is like a nine or something and he checks and I just check behind and I'm, I'm like, you know, I should be trying to go for value there, right? But like something, I don't know, I, fi- I felt something and he had jacks, right? So I sh- should have wow. a lot more chips in that hand, you know? Could have lo- lost them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he would have, you know, re-bet me pre, I'm getting it in with tens. Um, yeah you know, with 30 big blinds. And if, you know, he, he raises me on the river with three, four, three flop, right. 
I mean, up yeah. down the river on the on the on the flop, a three four three flop. I'm you know getting it in with tens and you know yep. short stack. So I felt really fortunate not to you know to have interpreted things right and and not gotten all my chips in. And uh, and then I was able to double up again when I, I you know finally I got to push fold mode and I got king queen suited in um, from late position into ace jack but I banked uh, nice and then uh, and then uh, this guy who had 90k and was opening a ton at this point opens from under the gun and I looked down at ace queen from under the gun plus two and I got 19 big blinds and I'm just you know I, I jam there seems standard standard um, he his range is super wide and he tanks he tanks. And he's like he's a super nice guy. I was actually the first person to bust from our table, believe it or not, at twelve fifteen a.m. You know, um, wow, super nice guy. Like he's tanking and he's like he's worried with ninety k and my nine k stack, and he finally <laughs> turns over ace king. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So I'm not the only one this summer that got tank called by ace king <laughs> with like ten bigs. Dude, at the end of day one to get nibbled by ace king. I just want to light and get the hell out of there. <laughs> oh, that's painful. <laughs> yeah, but um. Anyway, yeah, that's basically that's basically how it ended, and you know, uh, uh, it, very disappointing, very disappointing. Yeah. I, I I am definitely not like I definitely feel like my ace queen play there was that you know the hand I lost those chips on. I, I I feel like advanced play I should have gotten it right, and so I'm a little frustrated at myself for that. Um, but it's not my whole tournament. Uh, you know, it is seven k, but. Uh, it really, you know, if it would have been, you know, something that would, it would have been a side note if I would have been able to get a hand or two here or there. Right. So. Yeah, and and if you if you're right there, then you yeah. everything changes after that. Yep. So. Well, it's something you you know overall played really well. So that's all you can really do. And if you don't get hands and you don't get in spots, then not not much else you can do beyond that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just frustrating because you can literally fold all day into into you know. Day two. <laughs> yeah. You can. Well, that's why, I, that's why I think, like you said, it's so important to play that short stack well. Because you following, you know, hundreds of players on Twitter, it, it's pretty easy or it's pretty common to see people who you're just kind of like, wow, how did they manage to get like 50 bigs in with that hand? Right. Like, right. That's like, they feel like they're still online. Yeah. And they have to, yeah. No. You, they have to make these huge four bet shoves and stuff. But If you go down to 15K from 30K in day one, you are not, you are not in danger yet. You are not. Right. You do not have to do anything drastic. If you get down to 8K, that's a different story. But you, you do not have to do anything drastic. And, and I think I, you know, this is my third time playing it, and it's taken me a couple times to really realize that. So I'm happy with that, that aspect of it. But, you know, eventually something has to change. Something has to turn. Right. So, no, yeah, like, yeah. A perfect example is, like, look, I, I was checking – WSOP today, and I was like, oh, what if the blinds are at starting today? And it's 8 1600. Right. And this, but with like 50K in chips, I'm like, yeah. that's not a bad no, chip stack. You're fine. <laughs> and that, that's not even double starting stack, but those people are okay right they're now. Okay. I mean, obviously, they got to find a hand today. Right, right. Um, yeah, you have to find hands because I think today they end by 3K or 4K. I think that yeah, but they're fast, but they're not on life support, no. and they got two hour levels to find, you know, two hour levels to find those hands. Yep, yep. Yeah, and so I, I, I look, you know, um, Andrew said it best at dinner. He said, you lost your buffer. Basically, right? right. I, that's what I lost when I w- went to br- dinner with 15k. I lost my buffer. Now I just need to play plus EV poker, and then you know get that buffer back. And that was my plan going out after dinner. And it just you know it just didn't turn out. I ran the ace queen into ace king. You know, if I would have doubled there, uh, I would have 40 bigs going to day two. I would have been perfectly fine. Right. Speaking of Andrew, I saw um, he has, has busted, which I was disappointed in because the guy just seems to make the money in the 
World Series main event every single year. Yeah, yeah he busted. He, yeah, I think five out of seven years he's made in four in a row. I think he, yeah, that's he, ridiculous. Um, he, I'm on a mailing list of his. I, I, I don't know. I'll say he, he sends out like summaries to his friends and family. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think he turns them into blog posts. And I'm encouraging him if he doesn't to turn his summary from yesterday into a blog post. Um, cause he has, you know, he has his own site and stuff. Um, uh, thinkingpoker.net, definitely go check that out. It's a great site. Um, and I'm, if he turns his bust out, hand, uh, blog, uh, email into a blog post, it, people will really enjoy it. It's just great perspective on, on how to think about the game and, you know, mistakes you make and et cetera. I, I won't get too much into it. Just go to thinkingpoker.net yeah. and check out his, subscribe there. And if this one turns into a blog post, you'll really enjoy it. I did. Yeah, I remember uh, linking to his blog on an article that I wrote about great, like, social media sites that you should be, or, you know, blogs and Twitter feeds and things like that that you should be checking out regularly, and his is one of them because it is great. So, cool. Well, uh, we've rambled on long enough, I guess. I've rambled on. on. I've rambled on. Is this the (laughs) longest uh, me to you? (laughs) Uh, It probably is with just me and you, yeah. (laughs) But is this the longest percentage of just me talking? Because I'm I'm talking about my... Oh, that's that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I would say a little 90-10, but you played the main and I didn't. That's (laughs) true. Somebody had to say something. Right, you've already documented your summer, so... (laughs) Yeah, I was just sitting home sweating all you guys. Yeah. Yeah, Well, um, still in is Lee Childs and Jamie Kerstetter, right? Yep. Um, by the time this goes up, I mean, they're playing right now, so who knows how big their stacks will be by then, but hopefully they're gigantic. Um, yeah, but those guys, sure. as of right now, they're both still in, so good luck to them. And yep. They make a deep run. Yep, yep. So, cool. cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time, and uh, we'll see if we can get uh, either Lee or Jamie on one of these episodes. Good idea. Um, after they win the, the damn thing. And, uh, and we also... Um, once uh, Danny is done drinking away his sorrows, we'll get him on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he's going to be traveling back to Newfoundland pretty soon, so it might be a few days before we get him on the horn, but we'll get him on to talk a little bit about his, uh, his WSOP main yep. as well. And, so. and then pretty quickly we'll be getting back to uh, the regular TP strategy podcast. Yeah, I know some people have been asking about that. Obviously, during the main event, it gets hard to do those, so we kind of uh, replace them with the TPE Live podcast, which, of course, has some strategy built in. But we'll get back to the the heavy-duty strategy podcasts here probably within the next week or two. Yep, cool. Looking forward to it. Right on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everyone. See you guys next time on TPE Live. See you.